Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just Gooey Things. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Gooey Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode 47. And we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. So, Lily, I actually was going to text you this yesterday, but I was like, you know what? I'll leave it to the beginning of this episode before we get into our encounter stories to read you this article that I found on SlashFilm.com. Mm-hmm. And um, the title of it is, The Real Life Conjuring House Will Be Live Streamed for One Week. So you've watched the movie The Conjuring, right? Stop, my mom told me about that. Yes. So they're going to be, um, it's in Rhode Island, and for, I think it's from, it's May 9th to the 16th, there's going to be a 24-7 interactive live streaming event that will document the lives of the Heinzmans, who are the current owners of the house. And the house will be rigged with multiple cameras, so the audience will have a complete immersive experience of The Conjuring Home. And um, this actually, it's really cool because they're doing a 24-hour session of the broadcast that you can pay for for $4.99, or you can just pay $19.99 and you get the full access for the entire week. And a portion of the proceeds will be donated to the COVID-related charities. So that's a really good thing to put into perspective as well. So. Yeah, at least this awesome experience, although you're paying for it, is going to a good cause as well. Um, but for those that are a little tight on money, there will be a view, uh, a free live preview on May 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So, oh, I'm going to do that. Yeah, so if you have the money and you want to donate, you know, part of the portions go to COVID-19. But, you know, money is tight for a lot of people now. So check it out May 8th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Awesome. Yeah, so I just I saw that last night, and I was like, you know what? I'll save this for the uh, for the podcast to tell you about it because I thought it was so cool. Yeah, that's amazing, and it's so cool that they're donating it to COVID like relief and stuff too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you might as well make the best out of a any type of situation, right? So, yeah. True. All right, Lily, you ready to start? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. This is called the Cursed Center. Ooh, okay. Okay. I'm only 15 and haven't had any really scary things happen to me, so I asked my dad for some of his scary stories to share. Dad had quite a few, but several happened in one area he lived in as a child. When I asked him everything that happened there, he had quite a few things to tell me. He also talked to my uncle and my grandparents to get what they remembered about the place, too. What you're about to read is everything that my dad, uncle, and grandparents remember about the few years they spent there. So this story is a little long. Okay. But, you know, we it's love still good, good scary stories. My grandfather joined the Navy when my dad was born. After going from Tennessee to Florida to Rhode Island, they were transferred to Maine in the late 70s. My grandfather was in a special aerial quick response squadron that took its orders uh, from the joint chefs of or, or chefs. Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's hungry. My customer service ass. Okay. <laughs> um, took its orders from the Joint Chiefs of Staff and operated out of the Naval Air Station in Brunswick, Maine. They were formed during the Cold War, and the scrapbook my father has still has full pictures of close encounters with Russian subs, battleships, and bombers. My family lived on base housing in Brunswick, which was pretty cramped, so my grandparents decided to purchase a home. My grandparents bought a house in Lisbon Falls, which was about a 25-minute drive from the base. 
Lisbon Falls is a small town, and my grandparents bought a home in an area known as Lisbon Center, which was, as many of you have guessed, in the center of Lisbon Falls. <laughs> this was 1980, and my dad was about nine then when they moved there. And you probably haven't heard of Lisbon Falls. When my family was there, they had maybe two or three traffic lights in the whole town. My dad's graduating high school class only had 100 kids in it. The nearest McDonald's or fast food place was a 20-minute drive away, and the nearest mall was a 30-minute drive. They had two small grocery stores, one of which was heated by a wood stove in the winter. Some kids drove snowmobiles to school when there was snow on the ground. <laughs> that sounds, sounds awesome. like an awesome place to live. The only claim to fame that Lisbon Falls had was, besides being home to the Moxie Festival, Moxie is a pretty nasty-tasting soda, in case you didn't know. There was uh, that Stephen King went to high school there. Yes, that Stephen King. When my dad got to high school, his English teacher was also a teacher of Stephen King's, and my dad's social studies teacher was the basis for the character in King's book, Stand By Me. Oh, I love that book. Interesting. Well, I've seen the movie. Um, the restaurant my dad and uncle worked at was visited by a movie production crew. They took pictures and video of it to use as a model for a restaurant in the movie they made for the Stephen King called The Graveyard Shift. Aside from Moxie and Stephen King, there was really nothing remarkable about the small main town. The house my grandparents bought was on a dead-end street. On one side of the street, there was their house... Excuse me, I'm burpee today. <laughs> Edit that out. No, you know what? Fuck it. Keep it in. We'll keep it in. <laughs> we we are we are a two we are a TMI type of podcast. It's okay. Our I was chugging us. a diet coke this morning, and now I'm paying the price. So, <laughs> when aren't you chugging um, a diet coke in the morning? Come on, let's be real. <laughs> True. Okay. Here's where. Okay. It's, it's getting good. On one side of the street, there was their house and their neighbors. Across the street was a big paper mill, and at the end of the street was a river. Just two houses and a paper mill. The paper mill was, uh, has since been torn down. All that remains are a few portions of the wall, and that's mostly seen via Google Earth. But when my dad lived there, it was a fully, func- a fully functioning paper mill. Behind the mill, down a creepy dirt road, was an abandoned chicken farm, which has been torn down as well. My dad and uncle only ever got within a couple hundred feet of it, not daring to get any closer. As they became teens, with them and their friends looking for places away from the prying eyes of parents and police to sneak a cigarette or a beer, they never once thought about going down that creepy dirt road to the chicken farm. After growing up, they don't ever recall anyone they knew who wanted to talk about it, let alone ever go there. It was a place no one mentioned ever, despite being the perfect hideaway to do... Sorry... The perfect hideaway to do the things you didn't want your parents to see. Everyone avoided it. My dad said that he believed this part of Lisbon Center was cursed. My dad was in the driveway early one evening. A silver car stopped in front of the house. A man with black hair was staring at him, staring at him with an angry look on his face. My dad said that in his entire life, he has only experienced intense hatred once, and it was from that man's eyes as he stared at him. My dad was frozen. The man stared for a couple of minutes before go opening his car door. The man got out, never taking his eyes off of my dad. The man got to the trunk of his car when my grandmother stuck her head out of the side door to call my dad in for dinner. The stranger jumped back in his car and sped away in reverse up the street. 
When my dad got to high school, he swore one of his teachers looked identical to the man in the car years earlier. He thinks it might have been. One day, my dad and uncle were playing in the yard. My grandmother came running around from the front of the house, screaming for my dad and uncle to get in the car. My grandmother flew out of the driveway and away from the house. Later that day, my dad and uncle asked why they left. My grandmother was working in the front yard when a man stopped at the end of the street and started yelling. A woman came out of the mill. The man went to his car, grabbed a gun, and shot her. After my family sped away, the man shot the woman's supervisor, then then himself. A bridge ran alongside the western edge of the mill. A boy drowned there while trying to swim. The side of my family's house had a window over the kitchen sink that faced the driveway. My grandmother would occasionally see a figure standing outside in the driveway, but not of a person, just a shadowy outline of a person. All of my family members would see shadow figures in the house, shadows of people. They'd be seen on walls or just standing still or quickly moving between rooms. My dad would hear people talking when there was no one in the house. He would hear muffled conversations like people were talking in a different room, but no one would ever be there when he went to go check it out. But he would still hear the talking even when going between rooms. The most active place was the upstairs. Let me rearrange. Okay. The upstairs The upstairs on the house had two bedrooms, my dad's and my uncle's. When you hit the top of the stairs, to the right was my uncle's room, straight ahead was my dad's room, and to the left was a weird storage space. There was no door on the side storage. There was no door on the storage space. It wasn't big, maybe the size of a small bathroom, but it had sloped ceiling so you couldn't even stand up straight in it. To store or move anything from that space, you had space, you had to do so on your knees. My uncle's bed was at was at his door, or by his door, I guess. Uh, he would see people going in and out of that storage space all night, and they were always quiet. They'd crawl out, stand up, and leave. Then, when going back in, they'd kneel and crawl into it out of view. My dad's bed was at the far end of his room. He would constantly hear footsteps starting at his bedroom door, walking towards his bed. This happened so much that my dad would start sleeping with pillows stacked on his chest in case someone ever appeared and tried to hurt him. Mm. The only neighbors on the street were two old men that lived next door. My grandfather happened to be talking to them one day and and mentioned some of the things that had been happening. The old man told him that something horrible happened in the upstairs of my family's house. Something absolutely horrible, and the old man was positive that my family's home was haunted. The old man refused to say what happened, just that it was very bad. My family said that the neighbor, who my dad and uncle called Old Man Harry, died not long after that, so they were never able to get out of him what happened. My family only stayed there a few years in total before moving to a different area of Lisbon Falls. My dad did tell me that even after he got his driver's license in high school, he never went down that dead-end street again. The end. Okay. Um, this person needs to sell their story to any major production company and have this be made. Into right? A, like, Stephen King is shook right now. He's like, how did I not write this? <laughs> and this was happening in my town. That is a nuts yeah. story. And I, I do wonder what happened in their upstairs of the house. I know, right? It's, like, kind of killing me. I want to know what happened. I feel like if they did research, though, like, wouldn't you think newspapers would be able to, like, pull up something, like a police report or some sort of coverage yeah, if I mean, it was that crazy? There's got to be a way they can find out what happened. Maybe not exactly what happened, but get an idea of what happened. Yeah. 
But at least they're out of that house. And I wonder, hopefully the people that live there now are experiencing less paranormal activity, at least of that negative energy. Because that's spooky kooky ooky. Yeah. So spooky kooky ooky. All right. So, uh, name, a, name a number one to five. Uh, three. Okay, let's see. One, two, three. All right. This one's Haunted High School that was previously a military academy. I work in a public high school that used to be a military academy. The old part of the building still exists as the administration section of the building. I attended the school and had never heard any rumors of it being haunted until I started working there. During my first week of work, I was in the old part of the building. I suddenly smelled cigar smoke. I mentioned it to my coworker, and he just laughed and said, Oh, that's just the ghost. I've since learned a lot. Oh, of, great. <laughs> no big deal. I've since learned that a lot of people experience this in the old part of the building. I understand that this is easily explainable and could be nothing. My second and more unexplainable experience occurred about two years into my employment and was also experienced by one of my coworkers. We were doing some wiring work in a small closet. We had just finished up and shut the heavy wooden solid door. My coworker was leaning against the door and we were talking. Suddenly, there was a loud boom, and the door physically moved like something slammed into it from inside the closet. We opened it back up, and there was nothing there. I have no explanation for this. While leaving the school late that night, I always feel like there is someone watching me from the attic window of the old building. One time, I even thought I saw a face in the window. No one has access to the attic because it's kind of dangerous and locked. I've been up there a few times to do wiring work. It still has all the old wood and wallpaper and such from the 1800s. The attic area used to be dorms for the military school. There has been electricity and ductwork added up there, so it is not easy to walk around. I know other employees who swear they've had experiences as, experiences as well. The facilities director and a teacher both saw someone in a cadet outfit standing in a hallway on different nights. When spoken to, the cadet went around a corner and vanished. A maintenance guy Ooh. said he was working in the old part of the building, and a kid wearing old-timey clothes appeared under the ladder he was standing on. He told the kid he wasn't supposed to be there and looked away for a second, and the kid just vanished. One of the overnight custodians swears that he heard horses walking at night sometimes. I'm sure there are other employees that have seen or heard things, but it's not something that comes up in normal conversation. The end. Ooh. Yeah, I think that school is definitely haunted. And I just like the history behind it, too, from like the 1800s and old military school. There's probably like just so much energy there still. Yeah. So, yeah. Just like some weird, some weird little phenomenon that seemed to not be happening just to one person. I mean, most people that work there were experiencing the same thing. So definitely mm-hmm. gives validation that there is something there, whether it's intelligent or residual. Definitely. That's always comforting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This one is called My Dead Grandmother Said My Name. So it's not really paranormal, but it creeped me the fuck out. And when I read, so when I read that first sentence, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. It's going in the episode. (laughs) So my grandmother died on the 8th of December, 2015 at 8, 12 AM in early 2016. I synced and backed up my iPhone to save her photos and videos. And if you back up your iPhone, voice memos automatically get saved to the iTunes library. A few months ago, I was just in my room in winter evening, drinking coffee and listening to my rap music on woofers and doing my routine iPhone backup when I accidentally clicked on one of the voice notes. I literally blasted it literally blasted into my room, my grandma saying, hello, can you hear me? Hello, my name. Can you hear my voice? Hello? It scared the shit out of me. It gave me chills, instant goosebumps, and heart started pounding. I looked up and over my shoulders because I couldn't process what just happened. 
The iPhone only has three voice memos, and they were recorded four months before her death. One of them is over one hour long, but it's just the sound of the fan. And the other two are 20 seconds. Uh, I know for... I know for a fact that she was just playing with her phone and checking things out because she only knew the basics of it. But why would she even say my name? She could have called my siblings' names or even my cousins, whom she was home with staying at the time of recording. She loved me a lot, and I really miss her. I really regret that I couldn't spend the last moments with her, but I was busy with my preps and then exams. I thought she was going to be okay because she really was getting better. Anyways, that's the end of my story. Peace out. (laughs) This reminded me, when I read it, reminded me of when I saw your microphone move. (laughs) Peace out. Literally. I, you know what? I was just thinking when you were telling that story, um, like, about how this person was kind of regretful in the sense of, like, you know, I was busy, you know, doing things, and, you know, I wish I would have been there during the final times, and I think that it's important, like, there was, like, I know this is different because, you know, it was my cat, and, like, cat, like you know, animals are kind of different from humans in that sense, but I always regretted, yeah. like, the last few years, I don't live with my parents anymore, and so the last few years, I really haven't been around Pepper every single day like I was used to. So the past few yeah. years when she was, like, getting sick and she, like, you know, was getting older, of course, I like, the, the last week when I knew she was going to pass, I was kind of regretful in the fact of, like, oh, you know, I wish I was there for her more. Like, I wish I would have been around. I wish I still, like, stayed with my parents just so I could be with her more. Maybe she would have been better. Maybe she would have felt better because me and her definitely had more of, like, a connection because I was with her since I was like seven years old so I don't know I just felt like we always had like a special bond but then Mm -hmm. you know like I was thinking about it and I'm like I can't like you can't stop your life for something or someone completely like if you if you're young and you're still living your life like you need to you can't look back and be like oh what if I should have spent more time with them while they were sick I you know I should have not went for my career I shouldn't have I shouldn't have moved I shouldn't have traveled or you know like you can't do that to yourself because yeah. you're going to make yourself go insane and you absolutely have no control over things like that that happen. And I think more than anything you would regret doing not doing those things that you did do. Um if you if you would have like held yourself back and just stayed behind. And I think a lot of people go through that in their head when someone's passed or they or they're passing and they wish they would have been there more, but I just I just think that it's an important message to know that like you know, if you're doing something for yourself and to make your like a better career for yourself and like help yourself mentally, you know, self help anything like that, like do it. Um, you know, you only have one life to live, so I, that's Absolutely. what. As soon as like I I heard you saying that story, it just reminded me of how I felt with Pepper and like wishing I was there for her more. But it also reminded me of like, look, like I did this for me and like for my career in the long run, and like you can't look at it as like, oh, was that person mad at me or like was that person upset that I wasn't there the whole time? Because you, you'll like literally go crazy thinking about it. Yeah. And the truth is that the person, if you know, this is someone who you really love and who really loves you, they wouldn't want you to put your life on hold for them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, yeah. life lessons with Lily and Rebecca. I love <laughs> Seriously. it. Okay. So you ready for my next story? Yes. All right. Let's see. Which one am I going to do? You know what? I'll do... This one. When my brother was younger, he would sit up in his bed and point at some unseen something. I was in third fourth, yeah, I was in third fourth grade and my brother had been in first. He used to sleep in the same room as my parents and his bed was parallel to the door. 
Some nights my mother would wake up and see that he had been pointing out into the doorway. She would watch him for some time. When he would turn to, to laying back down, she asked him, and he would say it was a woman, which she had expected to be, on the contrary, my dad, who often stood up late and could be seen walking around with the lights off. This happened once. Again, when it happened, my mom got up and quickly sat beside him in an attempt to see what it was, and she saw no one. This obviously freaked her out. So one evening, I was at my grandmother's house and snuck in around my older cousins who had been watching a Chucky movie. Me being, the par- <laughs> Me, being the paranoid child I was, was too scared to sleep that night. So my mom said it was okay if I went to my brother's bed with him because I felt safer in my parents' room versus my own. I was sleeping on the outside of the bed, and he was against the wall, and I was sleeping soundly until I felt his knee against my back. I was obviously annoyed, and I pushed his knee over, but I noticed he wasn't just sleeping weird, but sitting. Since Mom told me about the experiences, I sat up also and peered into the darkness, trying to see what he was blankly staring at. This is when I saw it. The image was a bit blurry. It was a long time ago. And I can't recall if I saw the face, but somehow I knew it was a man. He appeared to be dressed in a blackish cloak. He had long nails and and was walking back and forth in the hallway. What freaked me out most was that after a short while of walking back and forth, he craned into my room, looked over at where I knew I would have been sleeping. Right now, it still brings tears to my eyes. Next, he turned and looked at us, and my brother and I started to panic. Only once in my life did I feel such a strong sense of fear that I couldn't scream out for my mother. But luckily, when he reached the threshold, he disappeared. And after a while of waiting to see if he came back, we both fell asleep. After telling my parents of this and several other experiences we've had, this, we've had in this apartment, we've since moved. Fortunately for my brother, he doesn't remember these encounters. Wow. So weird. And the fact that both siblings were able to see this... Uh, I think it just proves that younger people are just more sensitive and they're able to see the other side better than someone our age. Definitely. Wow, that's terrifying. Imagine, and you've just watched Chucky, too. Uh, On top of that, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, nope. And at least the the little brother's like, I don't remember any of this. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh, okay, whatever. You can have the traumatic memory, not me. Not my problem. if my brother, like, messaged me, which he wouldn't do because he leaves me on red all the time, but if he <laughs> did and said, hey, do you remember that time we saw something really spooky kooky ooky and I didn't, I'd be kind of pissed that I didn't remember. <laughs> You're like, damn it, I need research for the show. Exactly. I need memories. <laughs> damn it. All right, Lily, what's your next story? Okay, this is called I Think I Have a Ghost. Okay. I've been staying at a cabin with my family that we have owned for a few years. The man who lived here before us died and his cabin went up for sale. Uh, For the last week, my phone has been acting weird, closing apps on its own, turning on and off on its own, pausing things I was watching, etc. I thought it was really weird, but I can't exactly go to a shop to get it fixed. Last night, I left my phone on my desk when I went to watch something with my family, but when I went back into my room, it wasn't there. I was looking for it for an hour but then I saw it outside. A few nights ago, we were making ribs, and we were letting them sit for a few hours. When the smell wasn't filling our noses, we checked, and the oven wasn't even on. This morning, uh, we were making cinnamon rolls, and when we were finished eating, we noticed our oven was still on. At the beginning of the week, I put away one of our dogs, who happens to be a French Mastiff, who doesn't really like other animals. I locked up her crate, and we went to feed our two puppies, and our mastiff comes trotting down for 
trotting down behind them for food. Our Mastiff has nearly hurt one of our dogs because she doesn't like other animals. My family was mad at me because I should have checked, but I remember closing it. They didn't believe me until the exact same scenario happened to my sister. As I am writing this post, my phone keeps scrolling up. What do I do? I'm scared for me and my family. Help. You know what? It's weird because obviously that's scary with the dog. And you would yeah. think that it's a, like a malicious spirit, like trying to hurt something in the house. But yeah. I wouldn't like, I mean, I would just say sage. I mean, I don't really know what else. There's not really a lot of description to like explain what it could be. It's not like they physically saw something. Yeah. I would sage it before it gets too bad. Yeah, definitely. Sage is always the answer for the most part. Yes. Always, but usually, uh, yeah, usually, usually is the more appropriate word. When in doubt, sage it out. I like, oh my God, can we make shirts of that? That's perfect. Yeah. Trademarked, copyright, registered, everything. So we legally (laughs) keep that. Okay. All right. So my next story is Phantom Cries Caught on Tape. So this happened about a year ago, and I still can't fathom how in the world this is possible. A little backstory, I'm a live-in caretaker with a man with autism. One night he was half asleep, I was shuffling around the room, putting things away, getting ready to wind down myself. Completely out of nowhere, we weren't having a conversation or anything, my client half shouts, put that down, what are you doing? I jumped, part of the sudden noise, in part because he hardly ever raises his voice unless it's in a positive manner, and he sounded angry. What, I asked, he appears to be asleep. No response. Okay, then. I go back to whatever I was doing. A few minutes later, he shouts again. Just wait till your mother gets home, like a father might say to a child. I press harder this time, giving him a little shake, and I ask, what, again? He responds with, what? Right back in his normal, non-angry voice. (laughs) (laughs) What did you just say, I asked. He was confused. I said, what, because you asked me what, as he fell back asleep. Super weird. I pondered it, wondering if it was a family who lived here before or something whose father had managed to do a minor possession. Shortly after, we installed a security camera in the living room, just in case it's not the best neighborhood. One morning, I got up, and my client says he had something to show me, a video that had been taken by the camera the night before. Visually, nothing special. It was just our dark living room in the middle of the night, until I heard the most distinctive cry of a baby. There was simply no reason for that. There were no babies in the apartment complex, not even any kids young enough to wear diapers. The audio, wherever in the living room it was coming from, stayed in one spot to rule out the possibility that someone just so happened to walk by outside with a crying baby in the middle of the night. These two things seem to be like they could be related. Parents, child. Anyway, it really freaks me out. I don't know if we still have that video or not, but just wanted to let you guys know. Wow. Um, Babies crying? No, thank you. <laughs> Little children, babies yeah, I think can it's definitely related. I mean, I, I mean, it could be right. So, I'm thinking, like, yeah, like maybe the 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 male spirit was taking over the client's body to try to convey a message, mm-hmm. and then the fact that you know a baby, I feel like, can't really produce as much energy. So they can't really possess any bodies or anything like that. So you're able to hear their crying through the video. Because sometimes um, sometimes electric like devices can pick up voices we can't hear because they're not yeah. as strong. So that makes complete sense. I'd, I'd, I'd look into seeing who was previously living in that apartment complex. Definitely. Definitely. So do some research. Some spooky kooky ooky research. Yes. <laughs> okay. My story is called Haunted Dolls Slash Children's Room. Nope. 
So I've seen a post or two about these haunted Elmo dolls. I think mine might be slightly different, but it does involve an Elmo doll. My wife and I just had our third child. We have a three-bedroom home, and our newborn, for now, sleeps in a bassinet next to our bed. When she wakes up to be fed or whatnot, we have to walk into the kitchen past our living room and sort of bedroom slash office. Uh, I first started noticing that every time, no matter what time I woke up, the TV would be on pause. Netflix likes to ask if you're still alive after, like, an episode. (laughs) But YouTube and Amazon Prime will basically go all day. Then, when I would wake up to feed her, the TV would be playing whatever video or show. But when I came back after I got her bottle, it would be on pause, not are you still watching, just paused in the middle of the show. It then progressed when I would wake up to get her bottle uh, I would walk by the office room which has some toys in it and then Elmo would just start laughing for no reason nobody in there, nobody awake except me and the newborn who would be in my arms it's never happened before but has happened a few times since that makes no sense Um, (laughs) oh no it does make sense Um, just a few nights ago all the kids were asleep in the living room we were all watching a movie and then bam stupid crazy laugh from Elmo (laughs) that bitch is going in the fire tonight (laughs) (laughs) facts Um, but the TV stuff still happens when I was a kid I had these insane night terrors but they moved but moved away and they subsequently went away they have since returned in this house but I doubt there's any connection the end hmm I anything so, to do with Elmo dolls canceled Cabbage Patch Kids no um, oh hell no Cabbage Patch Kids they're terrifying Furbies no any of those dolls just no thank you I'm good I, I don't get how any parent thinks that that's like a good thing to put into their household and have their kids play with they just give me yeah. bad vibes all around. So that makes a lot of sense that the Elmo doll had to go. Had yeah, to Elmo's got to go. Gotta go. Okay, <laughs> Elmo's got story? to go. Another t-shirt idea. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. My next story is titled, One of My Most Memorable Paranormal Experiences. I have been paranormal hunting for about 15 out of my almost 30 years of life, so I've had plenty of experiences with all different types of entities. This is just one of my several memorable experiences. If you'd like to hear more, I'm more willing to share to others. So this happened this past summer, the summer of 2019, on a road near uh, near where I live. This road is completely forested, save for the bar at one end and hiking hills on the occasion. Toward the middle of the road, there is a path that leads to a tree that looks like it's bleeding, and it is known as the bleeding tree or the hanging tree because in the past, that tree has been used for lynchings. Further down the road, there is another path that is roped off that leads to an old shed that burnt down in the 90s. I had been going to the road for a few months at this point and had a lot happen, including but not limited to touching, voices through the spirit box, EVPs, black-eyed children, and even being chased by what I could only assume as a hellhound. This place has had a really dark past. KKK meetings and lynchings, black magic rituals, satanic rituals. So this place is a hot spot for when it comes to the paranormal. Yeah, no fucking shit. Uh, So some KKK members were arrested for lynching people, and they claim to have at least lynched 10 people. The locals who live near the road have so many stories and even fear the road, saying it's a portal to hell and no good comes from the road. My group and I usually go every Sunday night. 
This night started out like any other night on the road. The usual creepy feeling of being watched, shadows darting between the trees, sounds of branches breaking like a person walking in the forest. My group consisted of seven people, names changed for privacy. There was me, my girlfriend, Josh, Heather, Sam, and Sam's younger brother, Samuel. Really? You couldn't change the name? Okay. We got back... Uh, we got to about a quarter of the way down the road when my girlfriend and Sam decided they wanted to turn back. Sam was having a really bad feeling about being an empath, and my girlfriend's ankle was killing her due to an injury. So Josh, Samuel, Heather, and I continued while they were walking back to the vehicles. We stopped at the entrance of the path to the hanging tree to do a spirit box session and caught a voice of a woman we have repeatedly caught before that is known as Juanita. We then saw a shadow dart between the path, which scared Heather, so we decided to keep moving forward down the road. We ended up stopping towards the end of the road to take a break and to see if we could find anything at that specific area. The area is known to have an apparition appear that is wearing white robes, which the locals assume is a member of the KKK. Horrifying. After about five minutes of seeing nothing, we decided to start another spirit box session where we tried to communicate directly with this entity. We decided to get the same, we ended up getting the same male voice several times, but we weren't able to understand what it was saying. At this point, I started to get annoyed, and I did something very stupid, which I tell my investigators never to do. I started to antagonize the entity, telling it that it was an evil entity for what it did, and that it had no right to take any lives, and that the entity was un American and a coward. After calling it un American, and while I was saying, the word coward we got a deep growly voice through the spirit box screaming fuck you i'm going to kill you and the rest of the group heard this and i stopped speaking and started to get excited because it was the first clear voice we had gotten since juanita all night the moment i started to talk to the rest of the group i felt two hands wrap around my neck and grip me tightly the grip got tighter every time uh every time i tried to speak or gasp for air it got so tight at one point that I could feel it all start to collapse my trachea. Almost as fast as it started, it disappeared, and I was left on the ground gasping for air. I suddenly felt like I got kicked in the side, which caused me to vomit. After that, we decided that the night was finished, and we called Sam to come pick us up. When we got back to the cars, I had my girlfriend and the, test of the, and the rest of the team check me, and I had bruise marks all over my neck as if someone was strangling me. After that, we said goodbye and went home. This is just one of the many tales I have on this road and my paranormal hunting as well. I would love to tell you some more of my experiences if anyone's interested. My girlfriend is also interested in telling her experiences too, and if anyone is interested. So I thought that this person sounded familiar because he has used this guy Sam and Sam's younger brother and renamed him Samuel in another story Mm -hmm. and reread one of his other encounters like earlier on in the quarantine spooky story specials. I thought I remembered a Sam and Samuel. Because I was like, you know, it's so funny because I was like, you know, someone could have come up with a million fake names because they were trying to protect their identity. And they picked both brothers to be Sam and Samuel. And then I was like, that's so stupid. And I'm like, I feel like I've heard someone say this stupidly before. And then I clicked on the link to the other uh, the other experience that they linked. And I was like, oh, shit. It's because I read that one before. So it's interesting. The paranormal community is so big, yet it's so small. Because we find so many people telling so many different stories, that the encounters that they've had. And it's just... It's like it's such an interesting community to be a part of. I love it. I really it's do. It's really fascinating. Sam and Samuel. That's like Frank and Francis, my uncle. <laughs> like it's serious. It's like really out of all the names, you couldn't have even just picked out of a hat. You wouldn't even had picked up two of the same names. <laughs> all right, Lily. What's your last story? Okay, my last story is called the shadowy thing in the in the abandoned apartment block and nightmares. Okay. The events of about what happened to me. 
happened around the 30th of November to the 1st of December 2017. The 30th of November is a special day for Romanians, as it is the night of St. Andre, a night in which our folklore is supposed to be... Um, a night in our folklore, which is supposed to be a night uh, where monsters, werewolves, witches, and strigoi. And so I looked up what a strigoi is, or a strigoi, S-T-R-I-G-O-I. I'm definitely not saying it right. What is it? And just so we know, so we, like, learn something today, too. Um, in Ro- is Romanian mythology is a trouble, uh, troubled spirit that is said to have risen from the grave. Ooh, spooky. Yeah, right? Um, so it's the night when they all, werewolves, riches, and strigoi, roam free. That sounds hella that fun. Night, I had nightmares of shadowy figures and monsters and woke up sweaty but shrugged it off. I went out in, into town for um, December 1st was our national holiday, and I hung out with some boys after some fun out on the town, and they showed me a video of them exploring an abandoned block and claimed there were ghosts there and said, and I said it was fake because there was a voice calling out that I heard many times before in spooky videos, and I will disapprove, and I will disprove the existence of ghosts. They went out at night in peak darkness, but uh, we went on in broad daylight with no fear. I was losing faith in God at that time and was more skeptical. The stairs had no rail, and that was the only thing that scared me. <laughs> <laughs> We went in every single apartment on the first floor and said there was nothing and said with confidence that there was nothing. Sorry, English is this person's second language, so I'm trying to like kind of translate and rearrange the sentences as I read it. Um, but on the second or third floor, as I was about to go up, I saw to the left of me a shadowy figure peeking over the door, looking at me despite having no facial features, and it quickly went back into the apartment. I peeked over and there was nothing in there except rubble. It was very close to me with slim figures, but they were claw-like, slim fingers, but they were claw-like. After checking every floor and I'm making a prank on my friends, I said, see, there are no ghosts. That night and after that, I had the same nightmare as of St. Andre night. Then things went back to normal. I regained faith in God a year ago, but recently remembered this. I know there are phenomenons where if the dark, where if there's darkness and you're scared enough, your mind will play tricks on you, seeing what you expect to see. But I was dashing with confidence. There were no ghosts, and it was broad daylight. The only thing I was afraid of was the stairs that were without a railing, so I didn't fall off. I can't explain what happened that day, but I hope you can help me find out. The end. Ooh, that's interesting. And I love how she brought up the point of, look, I would immediately think this was something psychological where, you know, I'm just in my head because I'm already have all this anticipation of certain things about to happen. So you kind of like manifest it in your head that it's going to happen. But this person was completely confident that nothing was going to go wrong and that they knew exactly what was happening around them. You know, they didn't think anything of it. And of course something happens. So, uh, I'm not too familiar with like, Romanian like dark history and like spirits and stuff and like what they believe over there but something really weird going on and it's like a yeah yeah I would love to I you know it's so interesting because like now we're doing more stories and obviously we do a lot more like based in the United States but Mm -hmm. 
I find it interesting when, like, we read about, like, European or even Asian cultures and, like, what they believe in and, like, what their theories are. Yeah, kind of learning new things from different cultures and stuff. Yeah, because a lot of it, like, even though, um, like, it's different, it's also kind of the same. Like, a lot of the cryptids, like the Bigfoots and, um, you know, different humanoid things that we call in America, they call something different in Europe and they all kind of look the same, but they're also very different as well. So um, it's interesting how, like, different concepts like that overlap from, like, across yeah. the world. All right. So my last story for today is titled, Abandoned Hospital Doesn't Like Visitors. This starts hmm. when I finished my first year in college in the Bay Area. I worked my ass off in school, and I just wanted to have a wild summer, and I would do anything I could get out I could do anything I could to get out of the house. My cousin was and is my best friend, and we basically did anything and everything together. When there wasn't anything to do, we'd take walks together around my rural neighborhood. I always lived near this old hospital, which used to operate as the biggest trauma unit in my area. Sometimes when I was in high school, they shut... Oh, sometime when I was in high school, they shut down the hospital due to unknown reasons. It basically just sat there rotting for a few years before we found it. One day, my cousin and I were drinking a cold one, taking one of our routine walks, and ventured away from our usual route through this peaceful random field. We stumbled across this huge parking lot after making it out of the field, but it didn't hit me that this was the old hospital's parking lot that we had just found. We made our way through the lot until we saw this massively grand building standing outside the lot. The deteriorated banner said emergency room, and this is when we knew we struck gold and stumbled across a back route to this abandoned hospital. We knew of this place, but we had never been there. We hadn't heard any weird outlandish urban legends, nor had anyone we knew been there before us. We pushed forward and checked the perimeter. To our surprise, the first door we walked up to had a rock jammed in between the door frame so we could waltz right in. This is when we realized this could potentially be a bad idea. If we got caught, <laughs> we could suffer some major consequences. We agreed we would be quiet and respectful and make it a quick trip. This is where things take a turn. Or a few turns. We entered the building, and it was the most deafening quiet I have ever heard. The sound of the door closing behind us literally sounded like a bomb. Once the echo stopped from the door, it dawned on us that this place was really fucking creepy. We walked slowly, but the floor is covered in glass, which makes even the slightest step sound like Bigfoot lumbering around a library. We found a patient room, which had... which still had a bed inside, which freaks me the fuck out. We stopped at the doorway to look inside because the floor looked sketchy. Out of nowhere from around the corner, we hear the faintest, slow, drawn-out whistling. I've never in my life stopped what I was doing so suddenly. I just stare wide-eyed at my cousin because even this whisper sounds like yelling in this place. We both have our feet planted to the ground because if we move... If we move those two, we will make ourselves known. So at this point, we both assumed there could be potentially a squatter or a guard of some sort. My cousin hand, gest- my cousin hand gestures to me that we have to leave and we can't just stand here because the whistling was obviously not going to stop at that point. We turn towards the opposite side of the corner that the whistling is at and are tiptoeing out to a perfect science. Then the whistling stops. We freeze. Then we hear the glass crunching from around the corner. We start running. Once we get to the door we came from, we realized we didn't put a fucking rock in the door frame when we came in, and the door is completely stuck. As we were trying to get this door open, the glass crunching is now running. We hear the glass crunching until it sounds like it's dangerously close. I'm fucking horrified. We turned around to try another door, and the noise of the glass is literally right in front of us, yet no one is there. No one. 
We book it to a door that says pharmacy and peel open the door. The pharmacy is completely empty except a single perfectly placed and aligned landline phone plugged into the wall. The phone is off the hook and is making a dial tone. The whole thing was perfectly fucking lined up and centered in the whole room. I've never seen anything like it. The dial tone was so loud in such an empty place. There wasn't power throughout the hospital, so how the fuck was it still working? I was in shock. We never, we left and never went back. I had heard of some other kids going there at night. They told me they heard whistling and thought someone was lurking in the shadows the whole time as well. It's a freaky fucking world out there, you guys. The end. Wow. Yeah. So we did a story like this. I don't think it was this one, but we did a story like this with an abandoned hospital. And it's just like, why do people think this is a good idea? You know what? It's definitely not a good idea. And I think that we all agree it's not a good idea, but yet there's something so intriguing that like we want to find like answers for ourselves. Like I know it's a stupid idea to go into an abandoned hospital, but if I was invited to go and I knew I wouldn't get in trouble for trespassing, <laughs> would I? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Because I'm an idiot. Good point. Because I'm a moron and I'm nosy <laughs> and I want to try to find evidence for myself. But we are urging our boothanks not to go into abandoned hospitals because we're not trying to get sued and give you guys bad ideas. But me personally, if I was invited to go to a, an abandoned hospital and not get in trouble for trespassing, I probably would go. Would you? Honestly? Yeah. You would go? Um, if it was during the day, yes. Not at night? Not at night. No way. No way in hell would you catch me there at night. <laughs> that is true, though. Like, well, I mean, if it's paranormal activity, it shouldn't matter whether you go during the day or at night. It's just creepier to go at night. So, like, just take out, yeah. like, the creepy darkness and just go during the daytime. I'd probably just go during exactly. the daytime, too, if I had the option. Yeah. But if I only had the option to go during nighttime, I probably would do that, too, because I'm a fucking moron. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know, guys. Tell us what you would do. Hypothetically speaking, we are not condoning it, just saying. And email us at... JustGlazingPodcast.gmail.com All right, so that concludes this episode of the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode 47 for the Just Ghouly Things podcast. Uh, Lily, do you have anything to say before we wrap this all up with socials? Um, Don't chug a Diet Coke before recording because you will be burping the whole episode. All right, you heard it here first, folks. Don't drink a (laughs) Diet Coke before you start recording. I think you did a good job. I think you hid your burps really well. I didn't hear them, so I don't think any of the listeners will hear them. But take a shot for every time you heard Lily burp, and maybe you'll get fucked up. I don't know. More power to you guys. Trying to spice up quarantine a little bit. All right, guys, ready for the socials? Let's do them. Follow us on Instagram at... Just Gooling Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and... At Lily Bellasari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Gooling Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Gooling Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Gooling Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that you'd like to share in our show, feel free to email us at... JustGoolyThingsPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, Boo Things, and... If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, review us, and if you don't, screenshot uh, an episode of ours, your favorite one, possibly this one, and post it on all your social media. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.